Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of You Want to Split That, the podcast that has interesting people and fast food. My name is Bailey Angle. We are excited to have you along for the second episode of 2021, and it's a fun one today. She is currently the director of team operations for the college football playoff, and before that, she was the director of football operations at Virginia Tech, my alma mater, and before that, had stops at Texas Christian, TCU as normal people call it, Texas Tech, Stanford, Illinois, and she was also a teacher out in San Jose, California, and today, I am eating with Miss Danielle Bartlestein, and today we are also eating a brand new thing from Sonic. They are called the Spicy Chicken Slingers. They're kind of like sliders, if you will, kind of small chicken sandwiches, and it's Sonic's entry into the chicken sandwich renaissance. Pretty good. I only think they're like $2.50 a pop at Sonic, so we got some fries and a drink as well with those two sliders because, like I said, pretty small. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Miss Danielle Bartlestein. All right, so you just said you haven't had Sonic in a while. Can you give me a guesstimation as to the last time you actually ate Sonic? Well, it's funny you ask. So this is actually probably the third time in my life that I've ever had Sonic, and the last time I had it was on this past Halloween. So out of my 36 years in life, the last two times I had it was within the past four months. <laughs> Why on Halloween? Was it a special thing on Halloween? Well, I had gone to a pumpkin patch um, with one of my younger, um, I guess, mentees, so to speak, uh, with a little brother, little sister. And I was like, where do you want to go for lunch afterwards? And she wanted to go to Sonic, so that's where we went. <laughs> Solid pick. All right, well, today we have uh, the spicy chicken slinger. Um, I'm really glad that you're game for this. Um, it looks pretty, like, normal to me. You got, like, the, like, mini, they're kind of like sliders, uh, brioche bun, and we got the spicy kind because I thought that'd be more interesting. Do you eat a lot of, like, spicy chicken? I do enjoy spicy food. Okay. A lot smaller than I was anticipating. <laughs> right, I know. Well, I saw, I was like, there's no way that these are three, because I looked up the calories, which is a generally a, a bad idea. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way they're that low. Like, it didn't seem like it should be like 300 calories for just a big sandwich. So uh, I decided to get a, to get a couple. So Danielle, if you're ready to eat, I am. I'm actually kind of hungry. All right, perfect. Cheers. <laughs> All right, cheers. Hmm. <laughs> I'm glad I picked the spicy because that sauce is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of save it until the end because we got to rate it at the end. But initial bite, what do you think? I'm a little bit surprised by the pickle. I wasn't expecting that. Very powerful taste. Um, <laughs> but I'm always a fan of chicken. So like any sort of like spicy chicken sandwich you have is going to be good in my book. You're not a big fan of the pickles though? I don't think I was expecting it. You know, like, I feel like that's more of like a Chick-fil-A flavor mm. that you anticipate. Um, right. Gotcha. I was anticipating it. So it threw me off a little bit. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about the, uh, the curveball, but, uh, Danielle, you said that you you're in Virginia right now. What have you, um, been up to since, uh, the college football playoff ended? I'm trying to catch up on some sleep, you know, just, uh, <laughs> try to decompress a little bit. Um, but it's, it's been great. We've been had an opportunity to do some debriefs uh, with the teams, ESPN, our host committee, um, also just 
in general with everyone that we work with all of our planning partners. So it's been interesting just to get everyone's perspective and um, kind of go through and see what went well and, and what hopefully we can improve on in the future. So it's been great in that regard. I think that this is a question that I'm wondering, and maybe people listening are wondering, um, director of team operations for the college football playoff, what exactly does that even mean? <laughs> great question. Um, basically, for the national championship, we put together all the logistics for the teams. Um, so obviously, when you look at team travel and transportation, hotels, um, events, hospitality for the teams. And then in a typical year, we also would have catered to the bands um, and provided them um, an experience as well at the national championship game. So um, as you know, with everything else, there was a lot of stuff that unfortunately we weren't able to do this year, just with public events and a lot of things that surround our game that had to be scaled back. Um, so this year was a little bit different than in the past, but basically when it comes to the teams, making sure that they have a great experience for their student athletes, um, for their institution, and you know, ultimately for their community that surrounds their school. I got to slow down a little bit on the slinger because I took like two big ass bites. I'm like, oh, I'm almost done. So with, you know, making sure that everybody has all of the accommodations that they needed, what was something that was kind of different about this year that you didn't anticipate other than obviously a pandemic, but what did that kind of present for you as a gigantic challenge? I think the big thing this year was just flexibility, you know, and to be able to meet the needs of the teams. You know, that's something that you deal with every year, but this year specifically when now you're taking into consideration their medical advisors and, you know, we're going to be flexible on the day that you arrive at the national championship. We're going to be flexible in terms of what you want to provide for them for hospitality, whether that's um, having a welcome reception or not, whether that's having a player's hospitality room or not. Um, and so I think just being able to ensure that they have a great experience, but that everyone's also safe um, and feels comfortable in the settings that we provide. We tried to eliminate a lot of outside interactions with outside vendors and stuff like that. So cutting back on that. Um, and I think probably a good example of that is like, typically we would provide barbers in this, you know, players hospitality room for the players, but wow. that year, this year we didn't because again, trying to prevent outside vendors from coming into their space. So does that entail like getting food ready for them too? So we set up um, BEOs for them based on our, within our hospitality room and like within our events that we plan for them. However, you know, on a typical day, they create their own BEOs with the hotels for like a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner if we don't have an event that night. So they what can is still have their like routine of what they would do for a normal game. What is a BEO? Mm -hmm. Be sure to big chew it up. Question. If you got a burp, also go ahead. Also, a big bite. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So it stands for like banquet event orders. Oh, okay. Typically, it has like all the food and beverages. It also has like the setup of the room. So how many tables and chairs you want. Um, just basically so the hotel knows how to provide for the teams and really for any client that would be coming in and utilizing their space. Well, I guess with the banquet order, I feel like Clemson's expectations had to be pretty low after they won the national championship last year and got filet fishes for it at the White House. But <laughs> LSU. 
Oh, 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 two years ago. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. I forgot. Okay. It all just started. It blended together. Won't have to dwell too much on that. Um, but how many, <laughs> how many, uh, just out of curiosity, how many angry emails do you get about trying to explain the playoff? Cause I'm sure people think that's that your, that's your job too. I don't really get angry emails, but what I do probably get is people with suggestions of how to improve the playoffs you know like it'd be really great if you expanded it to like eight or 16 teams and you know I obviously entertain the conversations but ultimately I'm not the one who's going to be making those decisions <laughs> yeah no I, I I totally agree with like or I totally understand it as far as people like throwing up crazy suggestions just like dude that's not under my uh my payroll um but how did it affect you when Brian Kelly kind of held it hostage when he said, you know, we're not going to go play in the Rose Bowl if it's played in Pasadena because we want to play in front of our fans. You know, I think what from the outside perspective is like, they look at it like, oh, that's the first time that they heard that, you know, concern, you know, or that's the first time that they're even thinking about it. But to be quite honest, we have a great group um, that I work with, uh, our executive staff, the staff at the CFP is tremendous. But beyond that, we have a great management committee and, and board that we work with. And they do such a phenomenal job, especially in this past year when they went through different scenarios and said, okay, you know, if this were to happen, how are we going to respond? You know, and one of their things from the beginning was we really want families to be able to be a part of the experience. You know, we know we're going to have limited fans no matter where we play, but it was important for them that families got to be a part of that. So those conversations had already been happening and occurring. Um, so that wasn't like, oh my gosh, like we had no idea that this is how people felt. Um, because again, you know, our management committee is comprised of conference commissioners as well as presidents and um, athletic directors from around the country so they're aware of what the conversations are um, which is very helpful for us uh i don't think that this is actually very spicy no. do you think it's spicy okay <laughs> not really and i know like people can be like oh it's just too generic like white folks eating and they think anything is spicy but it's not it's not that spicy at all no, and I will say my first bite, I think, was all pickle, and I didn't even get any sauce on the first one, so I feel like my initial reaction was did not do it justice because the sauce is quite good, um, but I would agree with you. It's, it's not spicy. I'm enjoying it. I think I kind of fasted today, which is such a stupid thing to say if you're fasting for Sonic. Like, <laughs> uh, my body's a real temple, but I guess I'm pretty hungry, and that's why I enjoyed it. Also, I'm not very picky. Danielle, you've, you've had a pretty... A long career in football but I was scraping the internet for some research on you and I think that it's very interesting you have a bio on like a few different websites and it's like she started her football career here but she actually started it here it was like it was at Illinois it was at Stanford it was you know at Texas Tech um, but I found something interesting what do you think was the most stressful job out of these three working for an esteemed football program a law firm or teaching school in San Jose? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so obviously I started my career uh, as a professional, as a teacher. And I truly believe that the skills that I gained there um, really helped me just with life in general. Um, at one point, I remember 
I had um, an autistic child in my class as well as a visually impaired child in my class. And no oh. matter how often I would put them on separate sides of the rooms, like it would never fail that they would end up next to each other. And my visually <laughs> impaired child likes to obviously touch everything. And my autistic child did not like to be touched. And it would turn into like, a, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I feel like because I was able to, you know, overcome that year and overcome the, any challenges that were presented to me, um, I feel like everything else you can adapt to, you know, and I learned to be flexible and um, work with the situation and the environment that you have. What, uh, just out of curiosity, what age group was this? So that was third grade. Um, oh, okay. I taught kindergarten for one year. I taught third grade for two years and second grade for a year and a half. Oh, so yeah, teacher's the correct answer then. That sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> that's, you know, uh, that sounds really I love hard. I the kids. Um, and my sister actually still teaches in the same school district out in San Jose. So it's, it's fun to be able to Zoom and be a guest speaker in her class and, and then pass the baton back to her as the teacher. <laughs> right. What do you think of these fries? Because I'm like, meh. They're, they're good. You know, like I feel like they're what you traditionally think of as like a fast food fry, you know, like you look at them and they're, they're just like McDonald's fries, you know, like they're the thinner cuts, they're salted, they're greasy. So all good things. <laughs> um, they, uh, they look like a McDonald's fry. I don't think they really taste like one yet. Also, maybe that's just a Princeton, West Virginia Sonic problem. Um, but they kind of give me Burger King vibes a, a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, uh, which isn't always a good thing. So, you know, you, you spent some time with some some big football programs, as we've hinted. Um, obviously, how I've came to know your work and know, uh, you know, have some similar colleagues is through your work at Virginia Tech. Do you miss when you're with a football program like that and you were at Virginia Tech for, was it three or two years? Uh, a little over three years. <clears throat> okay, for three years. Are you eating with the team the whole time? Yes. And I needed to remind myself that I was not a 350 pound lineman and I don't need to eat, you know, three burritos after practice because I wasn't exerting any energy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I was always on the forefront of my mind, like not necessary. Thankfully we have phenomenal nutritionists that worked with the program, but I needed to constantly pump the brakes. <laughs> I probably have to send them an email and uh, they'll probably just be like, oh, I'll tear this whole show down, actually, because it sounds like a horrible idea for your body. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. And my question to you is, what okay. has been your favorite meal thus far? Ooh. And you know what's bad about this question is that I know that the answer is going to be uh, the trashiest. <laughs> I really liked this barbecue sub, like a McRib sub from Subway. I don't know why it was so good because because you talk about ex expectations like you biting in to the to the sandwich and you're being like oh there's a pickle here when I bit into that I was like oh this is gonna be gross and it was not gross I was like wow this is awesome and it came with cookies too and I really really like cookies now is so. this a seasonal thing on the menu or is it an all-time now we have rib sandwiches no Unfortunately, uh, the folks at Subway, hopefully they're listening. It is seasonal. And I think it was only available in like the summertime because it was like a, 
I don't know, 4th of July, summertime, barbecue, hanging out with your friend sub, because who, <laughs> I don't know who would do that to bring subs to the cookout. Uh, but yeah, it was really, really good. And the s'mores cookies were amazing. So if you ever go into a subway and I have a s'mores cookie, forget about the calories and get two of them because they're awesome. They're really, really I'm good. not going to do what you did and look at the calories. I'm just going <laughs> to write it. <laughs> yeah, it's just ignorance is bliss, especially when, when you're doing all this. Um, you know, I think what's pretty impressive about you, Danielle, amongst a, a ton of things, you know, obviously being one of the only senior director of football operations, female director of football operations in um, Power 5 football, but I'd imagine it has to take a lot, even for you in your undergraduate days, um, being so young and being around kind of like an intimidating male, unwelcoming sport, and then you just kind of jump in at the University of Illinois and volunteer and work with football there. How much kind of courage did that take to do that for yourself? You know, I think for me, um, I was very blessed to work with great people and um, inclusive people and people that really, they had the same goal that I had. And that was to create a successful program. And um, I attribute my success to the people that supported me throughout the process because they opened a lot of doors for me. Now, obviously I tried to take advantage of every opportunity that presented itself, but <clears throat> I understand too that the reason why those opportunities were presented was because people were willing to take a chance on me and were willing to give me more responsibilities and were willing for me to be a part of it, not because um, I was a female or not, not because of my gender, but because they knew that I could be an asset. And so I'm very grateful for that. And there are people at every single stop that I was at that I could say, it's because of you that I was able to do what I did. And, um, and I'm very grateful. They not only opened those doors, but they were also really great role models for me and taught me, you know, this is how you act. Like I even remember in my undergrad, even the smallest thing, if somebody was like, you never call a coach by his first name or his last name, you always call him coach, you know, coach Fuente, you know, like, and it was just one of those things where I wasn't around a football program growing up to that extent. And so like small things like that go a really long way. So um, again, just that mentorship of people was huge for me. Did, it, did you ever get discouraged at all? This isn't really a heavy podcast all the time, but I'm genuinely curious. I mean, obviously we're eating spicy chicken slingers. Mm -hmm. So this isn't, you know, talking about social justice or anything, but I guess <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, did you ever have a moment where you're discouraged coming up through the football ranks? You know, I think like anyone who graduates from school, um, I probably was not as patient as I could have been in terms of always wanting that next opportunity and that next job, but that wasn't because I was in the football environment. I think it was just in general, I was the type of person that constantly wanted to reach my goals and wanted to um, attain the next step. And so I don't think it was because of football, but just because of my personality of um, wanting to continue to improve and get better. Um, but again, I think the reason why I didn't experience that as much was because of the coaches that were surrounding me. I mean, obviously, Coach Fuente for giving me the opportunity at Virginia Tech, I will forever be grateful. And I think he does a tremendous job. And, you know, I credit him for what he is as a leader, as a role model, as a coach, as a father. You know, I, I just really respect him and what he's accomplished. 
um, you know, Coach Patterson was the one who hired me full time um, at TCU. 10 years ago. And so, you know, he had never had a, a female necessarily on the staff in that role. And so took a chance on me. And again, um, I think when you're not used to it or aren't accustomed to it, I think it can be a challenge, but it was great. It was, you know, especially I went in my first year, we went undefeated, uh, won the Rose Bowl, we're ranked number two in the nation at the end. So it was, uh, it was a great experience to say the least. You worked at, at Stanford too, and you just name dropped some some big coaches there and Gary Patterson and Justin Puente. Jim Harbaugh is a guy that fascinates me. Um, I dressed up like him for Halloween one year. Uh, it's I just own a lot of khakis. And uh, I, I thought about him when I was getting this order together because I remember him saying to a recruit that I don't eat chicken because it's a scared animal. And I just thought that's the most bonkers quote I've ever heard in my life. Um, do you have any crazy experiences that you're willing to share about your time with uh, Coach Harbaugh at Stanford? You know, I loved working with him. I thought he was so creative, especially like you said, when it comes to recruiting and obviously how he runs his program. When I was at Stanford, I worked in a part-time role. So I was still teaching mm -hmm. when I was out in California. So I didn't have an opportunity to be um, as involved in the program as I would have liked, but I loved being around him. I loved his energy. I think, you know, what he brought to the Stanford and any team that he's a part of is really unique. And so I was grateful for my time there. So you were at Texas Tech too, right? Correct. Were you there with... Um... Crabtree and all those guys that beat Texas? I was not. So I started at Texas Tech <clears throat> the first two years of Coach Kingsbury. So oh, okay. when I was there um, at TCU, I had worked with Coach Trey Haverty and he had played at Texas Tech with Coach Kingsbury. And so when Coach Kingsbury hired Coach Haverty, he's like, hey, I got someone that I think would be great for our recruiting. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> now that's all. And now you're eating uh, tiny chicken sandwiches with me on a Zoom call. So congratulations, Daniel. You better than this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I appreciate you making the time to do this dumb little thing today. Also, I had to slow it down. I got to disagree with you. I really like the pickles, actually. I think it was just, like I said, the first bite was all pickle. You know, right. like there was no offsetting ingredient for me but yes I think after you get into it a little bit more it definitely is nice I do though wish that it was a little spicier yeah okay so this last bite was pretty saturated of that sauce so I was like okay there's a little bit of kick but I'm not like falling out of my seat ready to quit with this yet it's like the secret sauce of like thousand islands that every secret sauce is made of <laughs> yeah it's like the mayonnaise kind of thing um have you by the way I thought this was also an interesting uh, thing to pick because uh, obviously we're in the chicken sandwich renaissance um, because that's the only thing to focus on in the news right now. Um, and uh, have you tried the Popeyes or the uh, Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich yet? I feel like I failed in general at this podcast <laughs> as a no. Um, I feel like I should have done my homework before I came on. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to like tweet or post on some sort of form. It's like, don't get Danielle on this ever. Don't do it. <laughs> she doesn't know any fast food. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually good for you. 
Um, you talked about having like the, uh, you know, con- growing relationships with actual student athletes. Uh, during your time at Virginia Tech, was there somebody that you were really impressed with, not only as like their growth as an athlete, but as their, their growth as a person? I know this is going to sound very cliche, but all of them, you know, because it is such, um, I mean, you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds, the amount of growth that happens for any individual, especially when you're going away to school, you're away from home for the first time, like there's going to be growth, you know? And so it's just, it's truly remarkable just to see how they have, um, changed from the moment that even you start recruiting them. So now you're talking about 16, 17 year olds that you're recruiting out of high school, you get to know their families. Um, And I'm very fortunate to still have a lot of them that I'm in contact with and communicate with, because again, that's the best part of what my job was, you know, is developing those relationships because it isn't just because of the four years or five years that they're on campus, but ultimately you're developing those relationships for life. And because I'm no longer there, that's proof that that is what's happening at Virginia Tech. And um, I was just very grateful to be a part of it. Is there, was there a frustrating part of your job, or I guess like just a reoccurring frustrating part of your job through, you know, the college football playoff that you've seen kind of reoccur throughout each position you've had in the sport? I don't know if I could answer that. I think because for me, um, when things are a challenge or difficult or frustrating, you always want to improve upon it, you know, and somehow come up with a solution so that you aren't frustrated, you know, so that it's better the next go around. Um, So for something to constantly be frustrating from one job to the next, um, I don't know if I could name something just because I, I, I'd like to think I try to come up with solutions as much as possible versus letting the problems linger or frustrations linger. Yeah, you should have. I, you should have just been honest. It's like it's the fans. The fans are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Myself included. You over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I hate them. Stop coming to our games. Uh, no, I, I appreciate how positive and optimistic that was. Um, but going on to a slight dive into pessimism. Um, something that I've kind of like struggled with as a broadcaster is kind of, I called wrestling my junior year. And I think I've told this story on this show before. Uh, and I admittedly didn't really know what I was talking about. And I got ripped apart on Twitter about it. And that's a pretty big thing that happens when you're a 20 year old kid and you're trying to figure out who you are. Um, I know with college football, especially some of the bigger ones you've been at and including my alma mater, Virginia tech, there's a lot of noise surrounding losses and, just bad things that happen. And I know it's had to happen at TCU at Texas Tech. How do you kind of uh, find a way to tune all of that stuff out if you are able to anyway? Yeah. And I think as I've stated before, <clears throat> I am uh, not very uh, social media uh, <laughs> efficient, if you will. I am not a connoisseur. Uh, so I, you know, try to just steer you away from that. But I will say to take something that is maybe more of the pessimistic side of it and make it optimistic. The fact that I came into all these programs and they had such a tremendous fan base to begin with, it's great that that isn't something that you need to combat or that you have to work on or that you need to improve. Like when I first got to Virginia Tech and there were sellouts at all of our games, I mean, it was like the greatest thing. You know, obviously we have a tremendous 
marketing program and fundraisers and a lot of people that put in a lot of effort for those sellouts. Um, but it's the fans and it was great to already have that loyalty and already have that fan base that was coming back game after game year after year and you don't necessarily need to build that um, you just need to continue to cultivate it my fries are kind of like the oh i found these in the car seat fries right now i'm kind of cold it I'm happens sure. quickly to be honest um and you, you see me over here i'm still eating them <laughs> yeah i have uh i have since inhaled my my chicken slingers um, which I think that my, if you ask what the best thing I've eaten on here, it's a Subway sub, but I think the best name is this thing. <laughs> so uh, shout out to the folks at Sonic for coming up with something kind of cool. Uh, were you, in, you were involved in recruiting um, at the positions you had, right? Correct. Yes. So what, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're not going to the high schools and being like, oh, this is our kid, but like, what are you doing in that process? So a lot of the recruiting that I had done in the past, um, like when I was, you know, overseeing it was really um, dictating all the on-campus recruiting and then also dictating and helping the coaches determine their travel plans when they went out to see the kids and also all of the correspondence. Um, so in terms of the mailers that we'd send out or game day, or if they were coming to practice and just anytime recruits were involved, just making sure that, um, it was a great process and experience for them. Did you ever, the coaches? Yeah. Do you ever find yourself going through all of that and you're like, how do I relate to these children? <laughs> you know, um, I think the greatest part about recruiting is that every recruit and every individual is different. They're looking for something different in a university. Uh, they have different backgrounds, they have different needs and wants. Um, and I just really loved learning about them, you know, and I think that in every interaction that I've ever had, like there's, when you can figure out what someone is passionate about, it's great to hear them talk about it. You know, like, even if it wasn't something that I knew a lot about, I was, because they were so passionate, I was like, I want to learn more about that, you know? And um, again, with recruiting, it's so much more than just the player. You know, it's their families, it's their high school coaches, it's their best friends, it's their girlfriend. And, and I loved that. I loved um, because that's who is important to them. And so I wanted to get to know them as well. And that's awesome. Uh, I'm really, that sounds really cool and also really exhausting at the same time where you got to <laughs> like, I got to learn the girlfriend. I was like, are they really going to make it through all of this? <laughs> Did that ever go through your mind? You're like, I'm meeting the girlfriend. I was like, oh. She's not going to make it to junior like, year. Well, when you get on campus, we'll, we'll just see. <laughs> um, no, but it's, uh, but that's part of growing up. I think we all experience that. You know, I think um, they're like every other high school kid looking to um, go to college and, and see what that's about and be away from home and um, grow up. Yeah. I, you know, I, I had to do that and I didn't have to worry about playing football either. So I'd imagine that you guys have a really uh, important job because you're hurtling through this crazy athletic time, crazy time in their life. Um, Danielle, you've been awesome. We've come to a point in the show called roast them or toast them, which is you roast something if you don't like it. So it's like, I roast you like your jacket sucks. Not your jacket. I don't know why I picked that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I nah, it's like, man, Bailey's a jerk. 
uh, and then Tosem is like holding up a, uh, uh, <laughs> you're zipping it up now. Uh, Tosem is like, you're holding up a champagne glass to it. Like you like it, like toast to that. Okay. Right. So Danielle Bartlesine, formerly of Virginia Tech, but now the director of team operations for the college football playoff, roast them or toast them since you're living in Texas. What a burger. Toast. Yeah. Honey butter what? chicken biscuits, the greatest thing you've ever had in your entire life. I have never been to Texas, so I've heard nothing but great things about Whataburger. So I got to definitely try that. We legit had that every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning during the season um, at Texas Tech, or no, excuse me, TCU. And then their burgers, their cheeseburgers are also pretty legit, but the honey butter chicken biscuits in the morning are the greatest thing. They like melt in your mouth. <laughs> Wendy's just released those too. And I think they're okay. Like they have that part of their breakfast. And so I have to go to Texas and try the real thing. So what you're saying is that I should try Wendy's and then report back and let you know. Yes. Same ballpark. Tweet at us at split that pod and be like, this was not that tight. You got to say that or, or you really liked it. Uh, moving on, roast them or toast them. And this is actually, I met you once and I doubt you remember. I talked with you very briefly. Um, I remember. I, Oh, you do remember. Awesome. Okay. He's like, oh man, he sucked. Uh, that's Frank's, why I left. <laughs> yeah, that's why you left. You left like a week later. Uh, Rosem or Tosem, and I have no idea what it's called right now, but Frank Cinnabol. From a recruiting standpoint, it was a great concept. You know, like you could have people bowl, you could have food. It was great. Um, I also would take like we would during the summer like we'd go to the movies with the team and they did a great job of accommodating us especially when you're looking to feed like 200 people that eat a lot um so it was always great whenever we had events there but i'll be honest outside of going to the movies like i never just went there i don't know <laughs> maybe because i had no social life i don't know but <laughs> I don't know if your social life really ends up there. I don't know if that's the best place to spend it. I, don't, I mean, it was okay. Like the food's all right. So you're giving them like a soft roast? Um, yes. I guess <laughs> okay. that's accurate. <laughs> I'm going to get some angry emails from the Frank Cinema Paradon like, Theater. But they did people. a really great job when we, you know, like the concept is great. The concept is good. They, the stadium seating, I don't even know if they have that anymore over there where like the big, like where we used to do the Tech Talk Lives when I was an intern, I had to set right. up for laser. That's cool. That's a cool thing. Um, but that's about it. Um, okay, so another Texas so thing. you're roasting them. Is that I'm, kind roast, I'm kind of roasting them because I was like, they changed the menu so much. It's like when we get it, when I first got there, I was like, oh, these like kind of funky, I don't know funky isn't a good word these like southwest egg rolls are good like they're interesting and then like two months later they're trying to change it into a ruth chris and i was like why would i need this like yellow fin tuna i can bowl here there's nothing fancy about this place <laughs> right i'm sticking my hands in a bowling ball <laughs> yeah like i can go see the the next paddington movie here i don't need to eat like wood-fired salmon there's a bowling alley chill we're, we're um, classy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so going back to Texas, to the Lone Star State, this is a place that fascinates me um, that I've seen on Twitter and people from Texas have told me about it. Bucky's. <gasps> Toast. 
toast upon toast upon toast. Oh, it is everything you want it to be and more. It is the greatest gas station <laughs> known to man, which in itself sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> it's it so large and so clean and has so much food. Like there's an entire wall of like nuts. And then there's like an entire <laughs> wall of like all things gummy. And then it's like, then there's sausage and like an entire wall of like beef jerky. Like they have just every, and then there's like shopping. Like you could actually like go get clothes there. And I mean, everything you could possibly want, you can get at Bucky's. And it's so, so it's better than Wawa or Sheets? Um, never been to Wawa. Wow. Definitely better than Sheets. Like it's like a warehouse size gas station. It's like everything's bigger in Texas. I don't know, maybe Bucky's is, and it's everything you want it to be. I it definitely is something that's enticing me to go to Texas. And they're like, why? Why would it be a gas station? It's like I don't know. It looks kind of cool. It looks humongous. It um, is. It is. I think <laughs> next time I'm back in Texas, I might need to just send you a little like Bucky's souvenir so that it can even entice you more to want to come. So the mascot's like a squirrel, right? Or is it like a gopher or something? Okay. It's a, yeah. a little beaver something. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a statue of them outside of the, of the thing. Cause I Googled it. I was like, that's a Texas thing, right? Um, um, one of my bosses was Bucky last year for Halloween, which was fabulous. This year he was Lee Corso, which made it onto the college game day Twitter feed, which was impressive in itself. <laughs> I thought that you were going along with like, he was Bucky. Like he was the mascot, the traveling Bucky mascot to <laughs> the scissor cutting at these gas stations. I was like, wow, does he act like he's better than everybody else? Cause I, I mean, would. As he should. Yeah, but he <laughs> has the costume. He is better than everyone else. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, last thing, roast him or toast him. Uh, we're going to go with barbecue brisket. How do you feel? Toast. Very much toast. At one point I lived in Austin and I had this brisket taco and it was like out of a food truck and it was the greatest barbecue brisket taco I've ever had in my life. And if I knew where to find it again, I would probably drive down there every weekend. Wow. The elusive food truck that you never saw again. Maybe it never existed in the first place. It's, you just imagined you know, it. Thankfully I have my parents to say it really did exist. Otherwise <laughs> I probably would question it. <laughs> Well, now we're wrapping it up here. You're in Virginia. I'm in West Virginia. Uh, Danielle, you've been great. The last thing we do, we rate our meal. So we had two spicy chicken slingers. Uh, so dumb, dumb name. But uh, with the fries and uh, I guess you got a drink too. But so we rate it one out of 10. Uh, I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I wish I could have seen like what you rated the Subway rib to go off of that as a comparison. Um, I liked it. There's a chance, like, also I transported it back home. So again, the fries got a little cold. That's yeah. no fault of Sonic, you know? Um, what would I rate it? I think I'm going to rate it a seven. A it seven. wasn't as spicy as I was hoping it would be. Um, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, as the chicken sandwich, I enjoyed the chicken sandwich. There you go. Okay. I like that answer. I'm going to have to lowball it slightly at a six and a half, but I do. You're right. You have to give them the leeway that kind of clause of like you drove home. 
and then you got set up in front of a computer, which is not how it's meant to be eaten. So in reality, we should have probably recorded this like the Sonic commercials where it's two people in a car. Um, but uh, I'll give it a six and a half. One, because I think the spicy branding of it was kind of just off. Like I didn't really, it wasn't spicy at all. The crunchiness was cool. Um, I was a big fan of the brioche bun. Um, the sauce could just be more spicy. And actually, I, maybe it's just me getting older. I used to hate pickles as a kid. I love them on sandwiches now. The pickles were a plus for me. Uh, but I also don't want to get fall into like, I like all kinds of chicken. So I was like, this isn't mind blowing at all. So six and a half for me. That being said, I probably would still get it again if I went to a Sonic though. Mainly um, you just want to say slinger. Slingers. Yes. I'm going to sling me some more chicken. Uh, <laughs> um, they're only like $2.50 too. So mainly that's just a cheap thing. Um, but Danielle, thank you so much. This has been so fun and uh, good luck with everything. Enjoy your off season. And hopefully maybe one day, Virginia Tech can get in the college football playoff and that can be kind of a cool intersection of your worlds there. Absolutely. I look forward to it. It's going to happen. <laughs> awesome, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you.